0: many feel good in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Uh, thank you so much to Brother John and our singers, and, and uh, I feel the presence of the Lord in this wonderful place. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit tonight because, as you know, this has been quite a week. Uh, amen. And uh, Uh, Yesterday and today have been uh, something uh, extraordinary in our nation. Uh, The way you look at it, it's been extraordinary. (laughs) And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I think that it's important that the church be a place where we are able to take complex issues that the world is not able to talk about, the world is not able to, to understand because they do not approach things from the vantage point of the Spirit. And folks, we do approach things from the vantage point of the Spirit. And so I want to talk to you a little bit tonight uh, about where we are in our nation. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about where we are as the church in America. And so I want to, I actually will entitle this tonight, The Church in America. uh, Because it's very important. The church is actually to lead the nation in how to be one people. Our nation doesn't know how to be one people. Our nation is so subdivided and divided and then subdivided. And the church cannot be divided and subdivided. The church is the church. One Lord, one God, one Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. Amen. We serve one God and he has one bride, the church of the living God. It's not a Republican bride. It's not a Democrat bride. It is his glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that because what I want to accomplish tonight by the help of the Holy Ghost is to help us understand where we are in our nation, where we are as the church in America I want to help us understand how to pray uh, for our nation, how to pray for our president, uh, how to treat one another, how to think about this, how to wrap our minds around uh, uh, where we are currently in our political uh, environment. And of course, I don't approach this as, uh, as a matter of political punditry. I approach this from the vantage point of the word of the Lord. So we're going to look into the word of the Lord. I want to turn your attention to the book of Daniel, the second chapter, the book of Daniel in the second chapter. And we're going to read from the 20th verse. Daniel chapter 22 and verse 20. Right now, let me just say this, right now, uh, there are, there is a, broad spectrum of feeling in our nation some people and I and I I ask you not to convey your feelings one way or the other as I minister Uh, because I know those there are feelings in this room people have differing feelings about what happened uh, last night so just keep that between you and Jesus while I talk but some people are very happy about what happened and some people are very scared about what happened and so we need to talk about that and understand let's let's always remember that we look unto the hills from whence cometh our help our help cometh from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth and so we're going to look to the Lord regardless of who is elected or who isn't elected and and that's one of the great things that we thank God we can do. Daniel chapter 2, verse 20. This, of course, is a passage that we are reading from that is uh, that is, it's comprised of the account where Daniel has been called into the uh, throne room of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar is, is talking to Daniel. Dan, Nebuchadnezzar has just had a dream, a very disturbing dream. It's so disturbing to him, but he cannot remember the dream. He 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 wakes up with this eerie feeling, and and he he can't shake it. And he comes out to to uh, the out of the room, and he says, "I need somebody to help me because I've had had a dream, and I don't know what it means. And uh, I need somebody to tell me what it means and tell me what it was." So he said, "Get the astrologers and the magicians and the soothsayers and the Chaldeans and the wise men." And they all come in there in the middle of the night and wiping their eyes and. And they said, all right, what do you need? He said, I want you to tell me what this dream means. And they said, okay, what did you dream? And he said, well, therein lies the problem. I don't know that either. I need you to tell me what I dreamed, and then I need you to tell me what it means. So it kind of changed things. They were hoping he could tell them what he dreamed, and then they could make something up about what it meant. Well, I think that, um, you know, when you fell off the cliff, that is an indicator that you are scared of heights. And when you landed on a monkey, I think that's an indicator. I don't know what that could be an indicator of. But they just needed him to kind of throw him a bone, if you please. And he had nothing. He said, no, I need you to tell me what I dreamed. And they were exposed. They were exposed for the, for the fraudulent behavior that they had been exercising In the the sense that they did not have divine wisdom as to be able to interpret the dream and to know the dream. And so, when nobody could interpret it, they were all about to lose their lives. And let me tell you something about Nebuchadnezzar and about so many of the kings in the scriptures. These kings of the scriptures of ancient times were some treacherous people, and they ordered executions uh, at their whim. And, and so these men were about to die, and somebody said, wait a minute, before you go chopping people's heads off for not being able to interpret your dream and to give you the nature of your dream, could we at least find out words from Daniel, uh, because in him is an excellent spirit. And so they, they called on Daniel, and Daniel walked in and said, uh, I'd tell you exactly what you dreamed he said, the visions in your head upon your bed were these. And he began to describe an image that had a golden head and that had silver shoulders, that had a belly of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron and clay. And it was a God-given dream. A God-given dream concerning the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar and subsequent kingdoms that lead even up until where we are today. And it was a God-given dream And Nebuchadnezzar didn't know what it was. He was dependent upon Daniel to give him the dream and the interpretation of the dream. I say that to say, ladies and gentlemen, the church needs to be ready because the church is our nation's only hope to understand the things of God. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And we are not to be... We are not to be brought down into the, into the infighting of this world. Now, now, hear what I'm saying. We have a responsibility to be in the field. And in order to be in the field, we have to be above the fray. In order to be in the field, we have to be above the fray. That doesn't mean you don't have conviction, and that doesn't mean you don't have principles, and that doesn't mean you don't have beliefs, and that doesn't mean you don't have values. All of those things should be in accordance with the Word of God, and all of them should be expressed according to the Spirit of God. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel tells us something about how God deals with kings. Verse 20, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. So I want to take just a moment and and talk to you about this, this reality That the Lord sets up kings and the Lord removeth kings. That doesn't mean, especially in America, first of all, we don't have kings in America. America is not a place where kings rule, uh, but this is a place where presidents execute faithfully the office of the president. And they are checked and balanced, thank God and thankfully, by a legislative body and by a judicial body. And, and and those three governments check and balance those three branches of government check and balance one another. And that is a beautiful thing. We talked a little bit about that on Sunday morning. Uh, but I want to point out some things because I think that this is very important. Again I go back to the fact that the church is to be united and the church is to lead the way in uniting the nation. We understand oneness because we understand the oneness of God. We understand the oneness of people because we understand the oneness of God. But but oneness isn't just an understanding. Oneness is practice and it's application and it's how we treat one another and it's how we act toward one another. And so I want to begin by saying, uh, first of all, we have to be careful not to allow the enemy to divide the church. And the way that the enemy tries to divide people and he's trying to divide our nation and has succeeded in dividing our nation. But we're going to bring it back together in Jesus' name. And we're not going to do it through any political office. We're going to do it through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, the church is going to be the leader of unity. And the way that we're going to begin by doing it is by letting God be true and every man a liar. Uh, 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Beloved, believe not every spirit but try the spirits whether they are of God. Now, I want to say here, we must be careful that we receive our thoughts from the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's important that when we look at this matter of President-elect Trump, we must receive our thoughts on that from the Lord, not from the media. And there are people who have grave concerns right now if you're in a if you're in a if you're on the side of those who are happy that Donald Trump was elected be considerate of that concern be concerned about that concern pray for those who have that concern and I'll tell you that it's important that those who have those concerns, put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't receive all of your information from the media as to exactly what Donald Trump will do. And let me tell you something, to those who, who may have voted for Donald Trump and, and say, well, there's nothing to be concerned about. Eight years ago, there were people who thought that President Obama was going to declare martial law in the United States of America. That didn't happen. The media forced that lie. People believed that lie, and it did not happen. There were people who thought that he was going to change America to where there'd never be another election. That was a divisive plot of the enemy. To divide the people of God. We shouldn't let it divide us eight years ago. We shouldn't let this divide us today. We need to let God be true and every man a liar. I think that it was commendable the way that first of all let me just let me just let me just say this. I'm just going can I just talk to you for just a little bit? Let me just talk for just a moment. I had deep I had deep deep concerns about Donald Trump when he began to run for president. The reason that I had these deep, deep concerns was because of the way he talked to people. I really did. And I, was, I wasn't vocal here about it because I try not to do that. And I didn't before the election. I let the election pass. That was yesterday. The election was yesterday. But I want to talk about it today. I had deep concerns. Because I didn't like that he would call folks names. I didn't like the fact that he seemed like a bully. I didn't like the fact that it was insulting to so many people. I had a real problem with that. I, in fact, I looked today. I had some tweets that I put out <laughs> several months ago, where I just I had to, I felt like I had before the primary election, just to kind of share my thought. It wasn't from the pulpit. It was just my own personal thought. I had concerns. So that said, I also want to say that we perhaps have underestimated as a nation just how corrupt the political stalemate in Washington, D.C. has become. And the corruption exists on both sides of the aisle. It exists on both sides of the aisle, and when I, when I looked in hindsight at, at what exactly took place, it, it seemed apparent to me that it was almost like a wrecking ball came in to what was very evident was corruption in our governmental system. Not only did we underestimate the, go- the corruption in our government, but we underestimated God's anger toward government corruption. If you read the prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, their prophecies are replete with rebuking government corruption. It's on and on and on scripture after scripture after scripture it it particularly condemns the taking of bribes it particularly condemns uh, uh corruption on all of those levels and what we've what we've seen in recent times is that there is corruption in in our own system and while that pains us to say it it is a truth that that everybody has had to acknowledge and that many were Willing to say, well, that's just the way that it is. And folks, it it can't be that way. It really cannot be that way. So, So the prophet Isaiah spoke against it. The prophet Ezekiel spoke against it. The prophet Jeremiah spoke against it. The prophet Hosea spoke against it. The prophet Elijah spoke against it. And we have to speak against it. We have to speak against it. So I, I <clears throat> but I had a problem because I look over and I see this, this guy coming through, and uh, you've heard me preach. I'm saying, turn the other cheek. I'm saying, no man can tame the tongue. The tongue is like a world of iniquity, it sets on fire the course of nature, so control your tongue. And now all of a sudden, we're supposed to support somebody who, who does not control his tongue and says some some really awful awful things He just did and we all know it I, I look at the story of Ahab and Jezebel who, were, who who were the epitome of government corruption in the uh, Old Testament. When God when God set his face against Ahab and Jezebel now they were king and queen over Israel but when he Set his face against Ahab and Jezebel. He raised up a flawed man to do it. And his name was Jehu. Jehu had his own issues. Jehu worshiped idols, one in Bethel and one in Dan. He had his issues. But when Jehu came in to exact the vengeance of God, the Bible says that they looked out and saw his chariot riding toward Israel. And the Bible says that it was so reckless, they said, that's a reckless, that, whoever's riding that chariot is crazy. And they said, um, in fact, it's so crazy, it, it has, there's only one person it could be, it has to be Jehu. And Jehu ended up wiping out corruption from the government institutions of Israel. Now, Here's what I'm saying. I'm not making that exact parallel. But here's what I'm saying. And here's what I want to say. Let's pray. Let's pray that government corruption can be cleaned out. Let's do pray that. That needs to happen. It needs to happen. Not, that's not a Republican issue or a Democrat issue. That is a God-ordained issue. Our government needs to be cleansed of corruption. And that goes for the Republicans and for the Democrats. Here, here's what I began to, even though I had a problem and I voiced my concerns and I and I wasn't supporting Donald Trump in the primary, I, I voiced my concerns to several people. I am concerned. He acts like a tyrant. He acts, he acts like a dictator. His words really bother me. And this treatment of people, they really, really bother me. But I started to notice that every force in our nation began to oppose him. Every force in our nation. Everything from the, well, the Democrats, who you would expect because he was running against them, but then the Republicans too, <laughs> and then Wall Street, and then Hollywood, and then the media, and then the music industry, and it was, it was everything. It was one institution after another, and the guy kept standing, and, and you can like him or not like him, but he kept standing, and I, I started to think if he wins this, it, it could only be God because nobody else is helping him and and so I again you don't whether you support him or not it, it it really began to be obvious that if he did win which people many people didn't think that he would that it would have had to have been God and God it's not beyond God to raise a flawed person up to do something now and again I, we read where the Lord has the power to remove, and the Lord has the power to set in place. Here's the thing that I think is interesting: the brutal, most brutal presidential campaign. Can't even let your kids watch the presidential campaign. I mean, you like you're letting them watch the presidential campaign. All of a sudden, you cover your eyes, cover your ears. Oh, oh, don't, don't listen. Don't, dear God, don't listen. What a shame and that is embarrassing to us as a people and as a nation. And and let me say this, church, one of the ways that we be, one of the ways we establish unity in and of ourselves is don't pretend like your favored candidate doesn't have flaws. Just don't pretend that they don't. It's one of the ways that the church maintains unity in tumultuous national times is that we aren't going to be blind to what Other people are blind to you know I I began to hear I'm just being real open with you tonight I began to hear uh, I remember what people said about President Clinton when when his personal flaws came out into the open and and I heard what how the Republicans attacked him and how the Democrats defended him and this time around when candidate Donald Trump's personal flaws came out the Democrats attacked him the way the Republicans attacked President Clinton, and the Republicans defended him the way the Democrats defended President Clinton. And I thought something, something. I will look under the hills from what's come with my help. Somebody, somebody's not being, somebody's not being exactly honest about this, and it's important that we be honest about it. This this man was a flawed candidate. And Secretary Clinton was a flawed candidate. And and so I'm not saying, I am not saying that, that government corruption is going to be cleaned out. I'm saying he has been elected. Let's pray that it will be cleaned out. Let's pray that it will. So, I appreciated so much in his victory speech. I watched it. I appreciated in his victory speech his language had had good temperament in it very good temperament it was very gracious which rubbed some people the wrong way even (laughs) saying why now and I understand that I appreciated Secretary Clinton's graciousness in her concession speech I really appreciated President Obama's speech today concerning the election And I want to say concerning President Obama, uh, again, for eight years, that man was called so many names, the Antichrist, So so many things he endured and never reacted to it. And I disagreed with him on so many of his policies because I am very conservative in my view of government. I disagreed on so many of his policies. But I always deeply admired his devotion to his wife and to his children. And as a father and a husband, that blessed me, ministered to me, and I thought that it was a tremendous example. This is another way that we bring unity in the church. Let's be honest about the good things those whose policies we oppose. Let's be honest about the good things they do and possess. Let's just be honest about it. If somebody is a good uh, person, say it. If they they do a good thing, say it. If If they do a bad thing, say it. Let's be honest about what somebody does, even if we don't agree with all of their proposals or all of their policy positions. We need to be honest because we are the church about Good that does exist. Amen. So I want to talk with you a little bit about that. Number one, this is how we can communicate in an election cycle like this. And, and, and this, this election cycle is over and we ought to thank God every day this election cycle is over. And there are, listen, listen, I, and I'm being very honest, there are people right now who are afraid. There are people afraid of, of mass deportation. There are people who are afraid of uh, there has been this, there has been this uh, labeling of racism. People are afraid of that. And we need to be considerate of that and we need to be prayerful about that. These are some things that I feel the Lord has moved on me that we should pray about for Donald Trump, President-elect Donald Trump. I believe that we should pray that God help him to address the matter of border security in a godly way, Amen. ladies and gentlemen, this is a difficult issue. Um, it is an absolute fact; it is independently verified to be an absolute fact that because there is a problem on our southern border of of, of lax immigration policies. And, and it's easy, very easy for some things to get through there. It is an absolute fact that the heroin epidemic is facilitated through the southern border of the United States. That has nothing to do with, with the Mexican people. And it's important that that be made clear. One of the things people liked about Donald Trump was that he was a tough talker who spoke his mind. And that that does appeal to people. The problem sometimes with that is that if you don't take the time to polish your words, then what you mean can get lost in translation. (laughs) And so, what should be noted, it has nothing to do with the Mexican people, but it does have to do with the fact that we have a heroin epidemic in the United States of America, right here in the state of Ohio. I preached in Dayton, Ohio last month. They set up a mission in downtown Dayton in order to reach people who were ravaged by the heroin epidemic. We preached the gospel. We had three people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was beautiful. Several were baptized in Jesus' name. In the same vicinity, while we were preaching, there were eight people found dead of heroin overdose. It, folks, it is not an epidemic. It is a pandemic in, in Ohio. It is a pandemic in Ohio. And, and, and it, is, it is true that, that drug dealers have found an opening into the U.S. markets through our southern border. The border has to be secured. It really does. And it is also true that those who would seek to do America harm, they they may not come from south of the border, but they have found a way through south of the border into the United States of America. So again, the border has to be secured. It really does. It cannot be ignored. It has to be secured. We need to pray that God would guide this man, our president-elect, that God would guide him and give him wisdom and strength to secure the border in a godly way. In a way that will secure the border. And we, in this matter of, of, of folks who are living in America but are not legally documented to live in America, this is, this is a real challenge. I deal with people. I minister to people. I have, I have talked with people and, uh, and, and I know of people who have family members who are trying to become citizens of the United States of America. This is a terrifying proposition to many people that they could be mass deported. And you can have any opinion you want on the issue, but it's a real life, real people, real issue. And we need to pray that God will intervene and provide resolution to it. Let's don't gripe about it. Let's don't complain about it. Let's don't point fingers about it. Let's don't default to some talking point that comes from MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, CBS, NBC, ABC. Let's go to the real ABCs, the Word of God praying go back to the basics and say lord would you intervene on behalf of the people who need you to intervene they want to live in the united states of america they're not legally documented to live in the united states of america they are under threat of being deported it is scaring them their children and and we don't want to have a calloused view of that but we do need a resolution to that god in your divine wisdom intervene on this and give clarity to these matters. Give clarity to these matters. Amen. You know God can do that. Lord God, give clarity to the president. Give clarity to the Congress. Give clarity, Lord, to the Supreme Court. Give clarity to governors. Give clarity to mayors. God, rid us of any corruption that would taint our judgment any corruption that would that would cause us to serve some special interest where money is preventing us from having the good godly judgment needed on any issue now folks that is something that every Christian should pray about so I, I implore you resist the temptation to believe what any pundit would say about Uh, Any of these leaders of our world, whether they be past leaders or future leaders or current leaders, let God inform you. Let the Spirit of the Lord lead you and let let yourself become one who who really does pray for your leaders. Amen. 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 We need to pray for... And again, I prayed. I said, Lord, I need you to help me. What should I pray for? How should we pray? How should the church pray for President-elect Trump? We need to pray that God will help him. Now, I'm not, I'm not just talking about helping him. I'm talking about helping him to help America. Lord, help him to understand how America can go back to work, can go to work. Listen. This is a a, a real challenge, and I I, I need you to to, to hear this. This is a challenge for President Obama. This is a challenge for President-elect Trump. This is a challenge for any president. It was a challenge for President Bush, President Clinton. Work has changed. Work has changed. Amazon.com has replaced the department store. The travel agency business has been replaced by Travelocity and and Cheapo Air, I think one of them's called, and and uh, you name it. I mean, there's Orbits. Uh, work has changed. It's nobody's fault. It's the digital age. And 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 work has changed. So so. It is a a fact. It is a reality. And I'm not saying that, that policies couldn't make it better. I'm simply saying that whoever addresses this problem is going to have a real task on their hands in order to provide opportunities for people to put their hands to work. And the Bible describes very importantly, whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. A a strong economy is very important in the United States of America. And as the church, we should pray. Not just for uh, President-elect Trump, uh, but for governors and for senators and for congressmen. God, in Jesus' name, break any stagnation, any stalemate that would prevent people from doing what is right for the people of this nation. Because people do need work. They do need jobs, and you know, President-elect Trump, candidate Trump, made a lot of promises during his candidacy. Let's in those promises it involved uh, it involved jobs, it involved helping people find jobs, helping people get jobs. Let's pray that it can happen, not for his personal success. But for the success of the people who need the work. <laughs> here's, here's something that was interesting to me. I, again, I tell you, I had a, I had a real problem uh, all the way through just hearing the words and, that were spoken. I had a challenge, it really challenged me. But There was one thing I heard that really caught my attention and i think it's something that we need to pray about and i honestly think this might have been the thing that that made the difference for him for donald trump on a spiritual level he was addressing apac the american israel political action conference when he was addressing apac he spoke and said Something that I had never heard a candidate for president or a president ever say. Never had I heard any of them use these words. I was listening and the moment he said it, a red flag went up because I thought I, I just had never heard it spoken by a U.S. president or U.S. candidate for president. He said concerning Jerusalem, and you must understand, right now the U.S. does not acknowledge Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. The the embassy of Israel is in Tel Aviv. The U.S. embassy of Israel is in Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is not the capital of Israel. Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. But if the U.S. acknowledges Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, it it can create a problem with other nations. But the U.S. would be on the side of God in doing so. And, and, and it, it really is one of those questions of, of, of choose you this day. And so when I, when I heard him speak, and I was listening carefully to what he was going to say to Israel, and he used these words, he said, Jerusalem is the eternal, eternal capital of Israel. I realized he has taken, and again, this man I know, deeply flawed, I get it, I get it. Uncomfortably so, I get it. But on that issue, when it came to Israel, he took the side of God. The reason America has to be strong in these last days is because Israel will have no allies. Israel will be depleted of all of Israel's allies. And the Bible describes very significantly the wings of an eagle lifting Israel up and protecting Israel from the beast. This is the word of God. This is why, and and this is why Israel is not just one of our allies, but Israel is our chief ally. And when I heard him say that, I realized... He just took the side of God and there's a, there is a little scripture about when God is for you. Who, who can be against you? And every force in our nation lined up against him. And even the church, even, even, even Christian people were having a tough time with, with so much of him. But he took the side of God on Israel. We need to pray for that because if we will stand with Israel, there's no force on this planet that can bring this nation down. I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus that every fear would be dismissed. And I don't mean just a feeling of fear. I, I mean, if, if there's a fear about this presidency, I pray that, that we will soon discover that this presidency will cause no reason to fear. I pray that for anyone who may fear. I pray in the name of Jesus that God would grant Donald Trump with wisdom. I pray in the name of Jesus that God would grant him strength. I pray in the name of Jesus that God would grant him a love for all people. I pray in the name of Jesus that God would grant him strength to defend freedom of religion, freedom of worship, freedom of speech, and yes, freedom of the press. And I pray that God will cleanse the press of all corruption. The press should not be corrupted to the left or to the right, but should be a spokesperson for what is happening. These are things to which we can agree, ladies and gentlemen. You're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You're a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, and and you know what? Donald Trump's not a Republican, and Donald Trump's not a Democrat. We don't know what Donald Trump is. All we know, we don't know. That's why the Republicans and the Democrats both lined up against him. Because they both knew he wasn't one of them. And none of us know exactly who he's with or who he is. We just simply know that, that in a time when America was and, and is facing some of our deepest challenges, this man arises, and, and, and whether, whether you voted for him or not, whether you uh, appreciated it or not, whether you supported it or not, he is the president of the United States. And we do need to pray for him. And, and we do need, listen, and we do need to pray for our sitting president and our sitting first lady and their family. And I certainly hope you've been doing that for eight years because that is, an, that is, a, that is a thankless job in, in many ways. I, I, I cannot, ima- I just, folks, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine what it must be like to have to wake up to one whole half of this nation saying some of the most awful things about you. I cannot imagine what that must feel like. And and President Obama has faced it for eight years. President Trump is going to face it for at least four years, said the Lord Terry. But I pray in Jesus' name that the church can be a united people. You know what if what if what if God began to work on His heart, and some of those rough edges began to be smoothed off? What if, hey, this I've seen. I've seen greater things than that happen in this altar. I know what God can do. I know what the Holy Ghost can do. So I, this isn't a time for us to, to to draw back and get defensive and angry about how other people voted or, or how things went, whether we liked it or not. And and, and and I would be saying I would be saying this too if the election had gone the other way. We have we would have had to pray for President Clinton. We have a responsibility to pray for the president of these United States. And, we, and, and listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Lord can turn the heart of the king. And so if you are concerned about, about a, 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 a particular uh, vice or particular flaw in, in our, our new president Pray, pray to God Almighty until that is changed and God can do it. God can absolutely do it. God can absolutely do that in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I again, I I go back to having severe problems. I felt like it was there was boastfulness, arrogance. Didn't like that. He really didn't like it. Just being honest, I've never never been this open about about a presidential election. It really bothered me. But then I did see the only time where I saw genuine humility was when about 20 pastors gathered around him and laid their hands on him and began to pray and prophesy. Spirit filled pastors. Prayed and prophesied. It was the first time that I saw candidate Donald Trump bow his head in humility and surrender himself to those prayers and to those prophetic utterances. And I realized, you know what? If a man can humble himself before the Lord, anything is possible. Let's pray for that. Let's pray that the Lord would help him be humble in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I can't explain what happens. I can't explain. And you know what? I, 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 I can't. Uh, I, there's not a social media debate you could venture into that would solve people's feelings about this matter. What we can do is look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for our nation. Pray for our nation. And as the church of the living God, lead the way and say, this is what unity looks like. This is what treatment of people in a proper way looks like. This is what mutual respect looks like. This is what mutual love looks like. This is what love your neighbor as yourself looks like. Hallelujah. And I believe that the world will follow suit. And I believe that we can see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like we've never seen before. I will say, I will say, lost in all of this, not to everybody, but, but maybe to some, is that the vice president elect is an absolute spirit filled Christian. I don't know that we've ever had that in the history of the United States of America. You do know that as vice president, he holds the office that Joseph held in Egypt. And who knows what the Lord would do. But I do know that God has the power to set up. God has the power to remove. And that we are in the last days and that God is protecting Israel, that God is strengthening this nation. There are so few nations where people still deeply care about the well-being of Israel. So few nations. America does. Not everybody in America But the the strong majority of Americans are deeply concerned about the well-being of the nation of Israel. That alone will cause God to bless America. And regardless of how you view what happened yesterday, we better pray that God will bless the United States of America. Let's praise the Lord right now. Let's praise the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Lord, I pray right now that you would bring peace to our nation. I pray right now that you would heal our nation. I pray that you will bind up the wounds of our nation. I pray, Lord, that you will restore proper discourse in our nation. I pray in the name of jesus that you would allow us oh god to love one another i pray lord that the church can lead the way in loving one another in the name of jesus christ god i pray in your holy name hallelujah i pray in your holy name that above all things, Lord God, we don't, we're do not we not asking for the success of a political party. We're not asking for the success of a presidential administration, but we are asking, God, for a Holy Ghost revival upon every individual who lives in these United States of America. Every individual who lives in this world that you have created. Lord, pour out the Holy Ghost upon all flesh and let your name be exalted. Let your name be exalted in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Come on, let's stand to our feet in this house and praise Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. You know, if you, thought, if you thought this was uncomfortable to listen to, you ought to have been the one trying to deliver it. Thank you, Bishop. That's so kind of you. It's not easy to talk about these things, but it should be. You know why? This world makes it so difficult. The world tries to polarize and set us up and compartmentalize us into political parties. And, but you know what? At the end of the day, it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Jesus. Hallelujah. We're not the people of Donald Trump. We're not the people of Hillary Clinton. We are the people of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah, be at peace tonight in Jesus' name. Be at peace in Jesus' name. Be at peace in Jesus' name. I speak the peace of God upon this congregation and I speak the peace of God upon our nation i speak the peace of god upon the world right now in jesus name in jesus name almighty god 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 my 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 oh god in the name of jesus my jesus come on let's sing it together jesus because you care Come on, this is something every one of us has in common with each other.
1: If If you you weren't weren't there, Jesus, I love love you, you, because Because you you care. care. I couldn't imagine, imagine. oh, if if you weren't there. Jesus, I love you, because you care, hallelujah, I couldn't imagine, no, 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 if you weren't there, Cause Jesus, I love you, I love you, Ooh. Jesus, I love you, I love you. Jesus, I love you, I love you. Glory. Because you care. And Jesus, I love you, I love you. Jesus, I love you, I love you. Jesus, I love you, I love you. Because you care. Because you care. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you because You came. I couldn't imagine no if You weren't there. Jesus, I love you because You came.